Welcome to spoilers. Uh, hey today is January the what? Second. Okay, sorry, I'm losing kind of my days with the new year. January the second, <laughs> yes, and uh, this week we are reviewing the uh, Jeff Nichols written and directed film Midnight Special. Uh, before we go in, like everybody to uh, introduce themselves and what's your top New Year's resolution this year, Mikey? Uh. Uh, I'm recording from uh, Stevie's house right now. Uh, I was put on the spot. Didn't know the resolution thing was. Yeah, just uh, you had to think of something. Uh, I'll new say, year, new you, Mikey. I'm gonna try to eat a lot less fast food this year. I nice. Eat, I think I eat too much fast food, so I'm gonna try and tone it down. Nice. nice. What about you, Vince? Well, this is Vince, the intern, out here in Mile High. Um, new year, new spoilers. That's tough. I usually don't do resolutions because I feel like you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. And but you know, um, yeah, I guess I don't really have any resolutions. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of a downer. Um, I'm gonna try to <laughs> piggyback off of Mikey's. No, um, <clears throat> I do have a climbing goal of uh, being able to consistently climb um, V8s by 18. So. That's a goal. I will say that I, I did eat Wendy's today. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Oh, uh, I ate Panda. Yeah. It's oh, all right. <laughs> Those both sound good. All right, Pap, what about you? Uh, this is Pappy recording from Denver, Colorado. Um, I hope in 2017 I spend more time on the internet looking at memes. I don't think I spent enough time in 2016 doing that. So hopefully... Get my priorities in order for the dank in his life. Yeah. <laughs> wants more dank memes. <laughs> nice. That that is a goal we can all strive towards. Alrighty, and I'm your host Stevie. And resolution this year, um, I want to try to go to the movie theaters at least three times a month. That's so a good goal. Usually cool. have a bye week. A bye week. Have a bye week. I mean, just. <laughs> I mean, there's some weeks where no good movies are just out. It's like I'm not going to pay money to see these, but hopefully. Hopefully three times a month will suffice. So that's my. That's a lot point. of movies, though. If you think about it, thirty-six movies. That's that's quite a bit. But we're also on a movie podcast. Well, no, I mean it's a lot to go see in theaters, you know, and not just watch on your home entertainment system. I know, but I was kind of I was listening to uh, was it Leonard Malton today, and he's he kind of got me in the right direction. Some movies just need to be seen on the big screen. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's always a better experience to see it in a big screen with the. Lights all dark and the uh, great sound system and stuff. So yeah, and you yeah, had like be... random random people coughing and opening their candy, opening their candy during the opening scenes, which just drives me up the wall because you had twenty minutes beforehand to do open them. God but I digress. Uh, 
For the movie we're reviewing today <laughs> is uh, one of those movies I wish we had seen in theaters. I had seen in theaters, which was Midnight Special, yeah, which is instead was written and directed by Jeff Nichols. It's about a uh, Roy Talman and his biological son Alton Meyer escaping from both the government and a cult after discovering that Alton has special powers. Uh, I guess let's go ahead and open the floor and get your guys' initial thoughts and takes on the movies on the movie. Well, this is why I ignore the Amber Alerts that pop up on my iPhone. Good for you, Pap. <laughs> Pap, we got one today <laughs> out here in Denver. Yeah, we, we got. One. I got one today. Yeah, we got. What was your guys's? I don't know. I, I know what we've done. What was I ours? Get, Is it I like one up and one away? Over my phone. 2007 something. Well, let's. Okay, Amber Alerts are probably you know they're good things. But they're <laughs> I mean, yeah, annoying when you're like on know. your phone and a power day. No, I mean it's I okay. It's, ignored it. <laughs> yeah. No, same. That's what I do. I swipe like the. Uh, Get rid of this notification. Get it out of my face. But I think it's for a good thing to find a kid, right? That's what they're about. I don't even know what they are. <laughs> okay, back to the movie. Pap, initial thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I mean, yeah. No, I, <laughs> I first saw this movie on my plane trip down to Australia, and I was freaking hammered, and I loved it. On my second viewing, I caught a couple, hey, hey. caught a couple more things that you know, or maybe are small problems with the movie. But overall, I think it's it's a really fun ride, and I think that the lack of information that were given by Jeff, uh, Jeff, Jeff Nichols, Nichols is definitely intentional. Um, and sometimes maybe overdone, but yeah. for the most part is effective. Yeah, yeah. he was, uh, I was listening to a podcast, uh, actually, Pat, you sent this to me. Is it uh, Leonard Moulton's podcast? Moulton on movies, yeah. Moulton on movies and Jeff, I mean, a lot of his movies deal with ambiguity and he was also talking on that podcast today about how he likes to remove as much dialogue as possible in his films. We actually found, Drew actually found the, uh, Pap actually found the script online. And when you're reading it, it's just, I mean, it's, it's not a lot of dialogue, but just a lot of moving parts, which is always fun to read. So I definitely get yeah. what you're saying with his ambigu- ambiguity. Well, th- well, one other thing too, just to add on to what I said, even though it is ambiguous, it's still like, an uh, 112 minute runtime, so it's a long movie for not getting a lot of answers, and I think it sometimes it drags a little bit, and I'm yeah. seeing things that I don't necessarily want to see in exchange for answers. But I mean, it's still a fun ride. Yeah. Oh, uh, I just looked up uh, Nichols. I see that he wrote Mud, uh, that stars Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey, and that was a great movie. Have you guys seen Mud? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. So it's interesting to see that he also wrote that. I didn't think he made that too ambiguous, um, but it's it seems like then he must his theme might be like writing um, movies that are more so like uh, childhood fantasy slash like sci fi mystery almost because that was kind of what Mud was in a sense too. It was more of like a it was like a stand by me kind of like childhood movie if that makes sense. Another right. thing, yeah, that, another thing yeah. I got too between the two movies was kind of anti-government almost because in Mud you have the River Authority that's uh, kicking them off their boat. Here you had the uh, CIA and NSA, yeah, who were kind of bad guys. And then I think it no, was, I don't think it was CIA; it was FBI. Uh, yeah, and then his, his newest film, Loving. Uh, I think there's an interracial couple who are broken up by the Virginia state government. So I, I'm wondering if he's a little bit of. Uh, Anti-establishment or whatever. Libertarian? I don't know. I don't know anything about his political background, but I like all his movies. Let's call him up and see who he voted for. What do you think yeah. about Midnight, Vince? Sorry, I didn't mean to derail. Midnight Special? 
Yeah. I think I was telling you guys earlier. I was really I was really excited how it kind of started out. So um, for our our listeners that have not seen the movie, um, spoiler on the starting. It's basically um, this little boy. I think he's like ten years old. That um, we later find out have superpowers. It's his dad, and then like his dad's good friend, and they're on the run, and they're in this like motel with the windows all boarded up, and they're like kind of acting shady. It seems like they're like bank robbers or something. You don't really know what's going on at this point, and then they all get into their car and they like take off in the night, and then um, midnight special title screen comes across and whatnot. And I kind of got pumped after that. I thought it was gonna be a great ride. Not that it wasn't. Um, but overall, I had beef with, I don't think the conflict had any resolution. And I don't think there was any conflict at all. And I think all good stories have to have conflict and conflict resolution of some sort. And like, yeah, there was the conflict of the FBI and NSA trying to go after the kid. But what does it all mean? Because I don't think there was any like background meaning of what the significance of this kid was to get to the second world. So spoiler alert, the ending of the movie, they do get this kid to this time and place where he kind of transcends into a second world that's almost a world of spirits that can lay on top of our current real world. And they kind of look down upon us um, and watch over us in a sense is kind of what they made it sound like. But I don't think there was like underlying themes or tones or, or even like a, um, a reason why this all was happening. Now, correct me if you, I'm wrong, or correct me if you guys have different kind of thoughts on that. But my whole thing with it was, I loved it. It was a great ride. It was a mysterious. Um, you didn't really know what was going to happen, what was going on, or what the kid's powers were. But I didn't think there was any real, like, thickness behind it of anything with any kind of meaning. And I don't know if I'm explaining that very well, but does that make sense? In an interview I watched today, it. Jeff Nichols kind of laid it out in much simpler terms, um, even though it was kind of like a like a subdued sci-fi chase movie. He said that a lot of the themes we're doing had to deal had to deal with being a father and um, yeah. just being a parent. And Michael he said Shannon. like the, yeah. yeah, he said the biggest theme of the movie is you can't control your child, so you can't control when they're born when they're born. You can't control when they die or how they die. And you can't just control who they're going to be, which is what the movie tried to reflect a lot. Wow. And yeah. See, as a viewer, I did not see that at all. But as you say that, and then as the writer obviously says it, it makes sense. Like, yeah. I could see it at that point. But I didn't see those themes throughout the, the film being, like, a main point. Well, to be right. fair, yeah. Yeah. Well, to be fair, none of us are parents too, so it's not we're not putting ourselves necessarily in that character's point of view. And he, he also hey, said, right now, yeah, <laughs> that we know of." <laughs> and he also said that, um, yeah, Pat, like the biggest countries, the biggest theme Sorry. of this movie is just kind of like we want to do what's best for our children, and sometimes we just fail miserably at it. But you know, some, why? Why would he? I, I get that he would say that, but why? Why would he say that Michael Shannon, which was Roy, it was the um, par- uh, the uh, kid's dad in the movie, why would he be failing when he got him to the point of where he wanted to get him? He just he said sometimes. Him? He said yeah, sometimes, but- like, we don't do what's right, best for our children. But so was was he saying that Michael Shannon's character, Roy, was doing the best for his child? Well, I think that maybe it's more of the fear that the decisions you make are the best thing because, I mean... Um, both both Roy and Sarah become aware that they're going to give away their kid to this other universe and having to trust that. So I think it's more of second guessing 
yourself mm-hmm. maybe yeah i mean that could also like translate into parents you know letting their kid go to college or study abroad or whatever it might be move away from home or or whatever so that could be some kind of parallel theme that he was driving to um cuz that does make sense and i could see that cuz the parents were from what i could see of their acting were trying the best they could they could to get um alton to to the point of being able to you know go to the next world or whatever he did you know right yeah so i guess i could see that theme but i don't know watching it for the first time raw i i did not pick that up and i thought i thought that well it's funny to hear what uh jeff nichols the writer was trying to go for but what i thought he was going for i couldn't figure out um i just didn't think there was like a theme there so it's it is interesting to hear what he actually was going after money money mike what, what were you thinking about it uh i agree with uh what you and pabby said about like there's there's ambiguity to the movie i wanted to know like when he's locking eyes with that older guy in that room like what is that older guy seeing his superpowers? yeah like second is, world yeah. other dimension but like what is going on in that other dimension like what what are that's those? a good good point that we haven't brought up yet like i was just throughout the whole movie up until like the very last 10 minutes you don't know what's going on with his powers and extreme narrative withholding yeah yeah i just want that's like what i wanted to know throughout the entire thing because i thought this movie was a lot like i want to compare it to like super eight yeah maybe i could see that kind of it was like super eight meets the leftovers almost and like super eight doesn't have a lot of answers to it but you know that there's like an alien and he's trying to go back home and like which could be all a part of the cloverfield series who knows with some uh with some uh (laughs) close encounters of the third kind sprinkled in too yeah, uh, yeah. The main character of that uh, movie's first name is Roy, and the main character of this movie's first name is Roy too. So, Interesting. very intentional. That that couldn't have been a coincidence. Well, no. For for our um, listeners, and if you haven't seen the movie, what uh, Money was talking about was the the entire film also shows this like cult, like an actual church cult, and they get arrested in one of the first scenes by the FBI and all all detained and they weren't upset about it or anything but what these cult people followed were this kid um what this kid with superpowers he would like rattle off and it was almost like he would be like picking up frequencies of the nsa and the government and stuff and he'd like rattle off names and dates and stuff and then they would like worship those times and and whatnot I, that's what i was taking from it and so <clears throat> halfway through the film the dad and the friend of the dad are you know trying to take this kid to the final spot that's kind of the point of the entire movie and they're staying at like these safe houses and it was this ex-cult member um that was like willing to help the kid for the best good but then we find out later that he kind of i don't know what you would call it like superpower steals from him in a sense <laughs> i don't know what you'd want to call it it's um, uncomfortable but so like yeah it's he uncomfortable locks, <laughs> he locks eyes with alton the kid who has superpowers and there's like uh, a Superman beam of energy going from the kid's eyes to his eyes. Um, but it was like blue light just shining into him. Um, and then his dad comes and knocks him over the head and whatnot. But at that point, the viewer, um, the person watching the movie has no idea what the heck is happening. And that's the first time we actually see Alton's superpowers. Um, other than he, I think he rattled off like different language at one time or whatnot. Um, Spanish radio. But, 
Yeah, Spanish radio. But what I mean, Mikey was saying is, like, at that time, we don't know why why that dude want to, like, mind fuck him and, like, steal his energy or whatever he was doing. But I think what was happening, and I'll let you guys go on what you think is too, but I think what was doing is, like, the kids kind of showing him, um, I don't know, because they all said they had, like, comfort afterwards. So it's like the kid is showing him that, like, the universe and and and, and there's more to just our world and there's other worlds out there and there's there's bigger meaning and i think what the kid could show through his eye thing was the bigger meaning what did you guys take away of what the kid was doing to the cult members well you have like lucas uh pulled by joel edrington egerton egerton and uh he says that it was he was sort of a non-believer and actually a member of the state troopers who goes on to shoot a state trooper. oh yeah uh but he said that he was converted by how powerful it was and it's almost kind of like I mean, we're super speculating because it's intentionally vague, and this is what the writer-director want us to do, is talk about it on the internet, but I think that <laughs> I think that it's kind of like almost like a, like a DMT acid trip, where these people are singing to another dimension, and it's probably just like colors yeah. and shapes, and you know, the way that yeah, psychedelic, that's a good... the way, yeah, psychedelic experiences are described, it's kind of like the same vibe I was getting from these people. Yeah, and the people that have like had it, they were all like calm. They weren't upset that like they were being arrested by the FBI or detained. And when they were like being interviewed um, by Adam Driver or Kylo Ren, <laughs> um, Mishawaka they... native. Is he really? Yeah, oh, yeah, went to Mishawaka High School. That's pretty cool. Okay, yeah. so Kylo Ren, for all our listeners, went to a high school very close to where we all went. Where Stevie's cool. recording from right now, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And money. Yeah, that's cool. But um, yeah, they just felt they felt calm during like the debriefings and stuff, as if like they've seen more that's out there, and, and that they're more aware or something. It, it was just like Pappy kind of said, like a DMT trip or like experiencing a new dimension where things just make sense. I don't know. Did you, Stevie or Money? Did you guys um, have like a different take on that? Or as far as the cult goes, I think they thought they were getting a, like a glimpse into heaven. Yeah, yeah. And that Alton was going to be kind of their guide to it. Because, I mean, the date, place, time, and coordinates were all, I imagine, sent to him from that second dimension. Yeah. You would so, think. I don't know what that was. I think that's what it was. I think they, because they said that he would rattle off and kind of like speak in tongues sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And their whole Bible was just based off his word. I mean, I mean, it's why the movie's called Midnight Special. Every sermon was held at midnight. Just because well, he couldn't be out in the day. Yeah, so and, couldn't the kid, yeah, the kid with superpowers, Alton, he couldn't, like, actually be in the light? What was that? Was he, like, a gremlin? What was the... <laughs> you can't feed him after midnight. <laughs> yeah, and you can't feed him after midnight or he'll start speaking in tongues. No, but, like, what was the thing? He just couldn't be in sunlight or... I kind of had trouble with that, too. That's a problem uh, that I had with this movie. I thought it was, I like, mean, he was too hypersensitive to Too hypersensitive to sunlight? But then... That's like he has an explosion at one point. Him. Where he like, is, yeah. I mean, for me, See, it was a little bit representing of a on the nose character shift, where right after he's available to be in the sunlight, he realizes he's like, I know what I am. Like, don't worry about me, Dad. I know what's going to happen. So like, it kind of yeah. represents him moving from being a passive character to an assertive character, but it's not. That's sort of the thing with the script, right? You're not going to get the details of why that's going to happen. Right. Right? So that's just going to get swept under the rug. That's intentional, 
we can criticize the choice to do it that way, but it was done that way for a purpose. On purpose, yeah. I just see that kid, Jadine Lieberher. I definitely did not say Jayden. that correctly. Jaden. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alton, the guy with special, he, he, his special powers, he was in St. Vincent with um, Bill Murray. I don't yeah. know if that was a good movie. But yeah, he was the kid in that. So yeah, that, kid, Jeff, that kid's on the up and up. He's getting yeah, Jeff close. Nichols had a um, kind of a dilemma if he wanted to cast him or not. He yeah. thought that he would be kind of too recognized, uh, like you said, for St. Vincent, and it would have taken away from his character overall. Well, I didn't um, recognize him, so, yeah. Yeah, it was just kind of his fear with casting him. The blockbuster that was St. Vincent. He's typecast. Hey, I like that. that movie a lot. It has decent <laughs> reviews, and everyone loves Bill Murray. I mean, put him into a jungle book, and he just gets hits laughs after laugh. Vince's favorite movie of 2016, <laughs> Jungle Book. Yeah, I'm putting that up. Best when we do our Oscar best pick them, uh, that's what I'm gonna pick for best picture for, for all the things. <laughs> Jangle Book, yeah, Jangle Bach. <laughs> <laughs> We're kind of like moving through the movie. What did you guys make of the second, like the other dimension that kind of sits upon us? Like, at least I, that scene in general, because cool. like I almost thought we were gonna get um, a car chase after the uh, the cult kidnapped him back after the after the uh, motel. After the um, the call came back and got him, and yeah. you're kind of building yeah, up yeah. for this awesome car chase and immediate traffic jam. You know, I thought that was, I thought that was interesting writing and really good directing when it comes to that. But that's like kind a of, scene, is that's like a scene out of two or uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, right? Yeah, that, that's an yeah. exact scene out of that. I mean, I liked it. I thought it was a pretty cool choice. And um, you know, you see the cult members obviously got in a shootout with the military, and the uh, NSA got Alton. What did you guys make of just, I guess, the actual car chase that we got and the reveal of the second other dimension? Wait, so was the car chase just that uh, when Roy busted through the barricade and then, like, the army were hot on their trail, but they yeah. basically just... They're pretty they much left. just feeding everybody else away. Yeah. Okay, I got to say something about that. That was my second least favorite part of the movie. That was really weird. It was not... Well, okay, if that's the FBI and, like, this whole thing's actually happening... There's no way he could have went through that barricade and like nothing happened. And kept you know what I, mean? I mean, that's what it, it, there's this moment that builds up with all this tension and then ultimately nothing really happens. They just go through it, wait for a second, then go again. And I don't, the military can't, can only return fire. Is that true? No, absolutely. <laughs> well, not. I imagine, I mean, do they want to shoot Alton? Well, they so that, can only that return fire if you're driving also... a car at him? I don't know. I don't know. I thought that might have been assumed. Stevie, yeah, like, I, I, I get your point. Do you, like, do you want to shoot property of what's going to be the military's? Or, yeah, or, like, it could be, like, a second coming. Like, they had no idea what the kid was. Yeah. So, so, so like, we're, we're filling in the cargo. gaps that Alton intercepted that radio transmission of only return fire. And yep. then he, okay, yeah. that's fine. I can live with that. that is no, that, but that better, happy, Pat? <laughs> to go off your point, I agree, because... Part of the reason I said that I didn't think there was many like major themes and it kind of lacked that conflict resolution was that I don't think I believed. So I don't think this was set in like our universe, like not that it was in an alternate universe or whatnot, but you know what the movie was set in as that America at that time in the South or whatever, it, it wasn't believable to me. It just felt, it felt like it was tiptoeing that it could be actually 2016 happening. And it was also tiptoeing that it was like a sci-fi different kind of universe or different kind of setting. Um, and I didn't think they really got a good grasp on what they were trying to portray as the world that this char- these characters were living in. Um, the setting just didn't 
Jeff didn't Nichols add up uh, to me. said in an interview with Hitflix on YouTube that he was trying to find America that's really being like swept under the rug. Kind of like, well, yeah. not just the South, but like industries taking over. And yeah. those like back roads and like true deep south of like kind of cornfields in the woods are kind of being swept away. Mm-hmm. So that's what he said he was going after when he was shooting. His movies are really political. And I think that he's making yeah. a, a definite statement with who the antagonists are, usually the government or and then the other forces at play. But but it, to the reveal of the fourth dimension, it was okay. Oh, yeah. I wish I could have seen it in theaters. I saw it on an airplane screen and then my laptop. So I've had the best cinematic Ugh, experience yeah. with it. Yeah. It's okay. It's satisfying. Right. It's serviceable. I w- it just made me want more answers, and I just didn't get those answers. So I was a little disappointed, but and I I was just confused when he goes and leaves, when he goes with the second dimension people, the creatures or the people from the second dimension. And then there's just like no explanation as to what his purpose was or what all of that chasing and what the cult expected yeah. from him and yeah. that kind of stuff. It was it was a little disappointing in that respect, but yeah, I think if I had seen it in theaters, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah, it's definitely one of those movies that didn't have a lot of marketing. Yeah, That's I've for sure, because I didn't even hear about it until you pulled up, yeah. Warner Brothers, Jinx. right? Released yeah, it? it's Warner Brothers. I released it. It just It's kind of strange. They select city it. And then it was only nationwide for 18 days. Wow. That's weird. They didn't give it a chance. Yeah, They didn't even give it a chance. And I'm not sure how much that has to do with the studio because uh, I was watching a Jeff Nichols interview today and he was kind of talking about how he went really old school with it and he wasn't going to deal with a lot of send the script in, do another draft for us, send the script in, here's notes on this, check this out and do this. He said he was just going to make the movie his way. And he was going to give one studio one shot, and if they didn't do it, he was just going to raise the own money and shoot, raise his own money and shoot it independently. Huh. That's an interesting point to bring up money because I'm looking at the box office right now, and they got murdered. Six million. Yeah. Well, I'm see- I'm seeing three million, and it was a budget of eighteen, so yeah. they at least lost ten mil on it at least. Warner Brothers was busy with uh, Batman versus Superman. The masterpiece yeah. that that was. Oh, oh right. shoot. Well, Quick between trivia. Jungle Book and that, that's going to clean up at the Oscars. Quick trivia. <laughs> Who is in both Batman and Superman and this movie? What did you say? What'd Who you is say? in both Batman vs. Superman and Moonlight Special? Midnight Wait, Special. What? Midnight, Midnight Special? special? Yeah, what's the so question? You're asking to pick between... Yeah, what's no, the question? No, who is in both movies? There's a person who is in both. Oh, oh. Michael Shannon. Yeah. What? Yeah, he's yeah, General Zod. Like one second. Yeah, he's, he's dead. Oh, I was no, thinking of Nancy Grace, who, though, who too. Else? Oh, <laughs> Nancy Grace was in this movie? Yeah. I think in Gotham, like, news or something. Gotham news. Dude, she was like, I don't see no Nancy Grace in this movie. Was she just, like, on the I news pr- at the I beginning? I promise she was, yeah. She was yeah, in, uh... she was. Dude, is this one of those, this is one of those, uh, like, Christian Bales in the movie? Was that who you were talk- saying was in the one movie? <laughs> no, Mikey's but got yeah, my back this beginning. time. <laughs> yeah, she right, was. In, she was in this movie. Wait, which movie did Mike, did Pap say that Christian Bale was in that he wasn't? He was getting his, <laughs> like, laundry. Oh, he was in Bowfinger. He was the Fletch. guy getting the suit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next time we have our good friend Christian Bale on the show, we'll... we'll, we'll, we'll uh, I'm still not convinced. We'll straighten that out for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not convinced. Oh, 
Well, as far as second as the other dimension goes, I actually liked it a lot. Um, actually, one thing I actually really enjoyed about this movie was the score. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like the gentle piano in the back and just, you know, different piano notes. And I don't know. I really enjoyed the score. Did you guys like it? Yeah, I like it. I honestly didn't really. That's one thing that stood out to me in the movie, at least. Wow. So it, I didn't even recognize it. But sometimes, personally, I think if I don't recognize a score, that it also could be a good score because it doesn't distract from the film. So oh, that's actually a really good way of looking at it. Who did it, Stevie? Do you know? Um, I actually couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I'm actually. Such it was a really good. Movie. And it was used a lot in those establishing shots, they would go yes. really wide. And it would also be something. It would be something really cinematic, like perfectly framed. And then that's when the score would sort of swell up. I really, I really like that. I oh, usually like establishing yeah, shots. Yeah. David Wingo uh, scored the movie, and he has also done three other Jeff Nichols movies. Trey Wingo. He did take sh- uh, David Wingo, not oh. not to be confused with Trey Wingo on ESPN. Brother. brother. Might be a brother. brother. Uh, he also did take Shelter in Mud, which I would advise anyone who's a film lover see both those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see here. But anything I, else? To, anything else to well, add? I, I was going to comment on the the second world um, because so to our viewers who might not have seen it, it's it looked like almost like a what would you call it like a silk screening like almost like a I don't know a spider spider web kind of buildings and then it was just like energies of light were the people that were in it but right. they also had like trees and stuff. And um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen, like, renderings for, like, green buildings in, like, Chinese uh, cities or, like, you know, like, there's always these, like, push for, like, green buildings to, like, I don't know, whatever. But they kind of reminded me of that, that architecture style of open and then also had, like, greenways and, like, high story farming and stuff. Like, that's what it reminded me of, which I thought was kind of cool. but it was weird that they set it right on top of the existing Earth, as if like these energies exist while we're here. Well, that's what the fourth it dimension is. is. <laughs> yeah. No, I and I think yeah, I, I think that's obviously what they're going for. But um, yeah, I, I just thought the architecture was unique, and I thought it kind of resembled a lot of um, mock-ups of modern-day archi- architecture for like green buildings or environmental-friendly buildings. That very well could be. Which would also then play into Jeff Nichols' political um, jabs that he usually, or not jabs, but whatever, his political tones um, that maybe he thinks that these buildings should exist more. Or I don't even know. But yeah, it could have been like an intentional thing or it could just be totally random. Well, I don't think he's completely anti-government. I mean, the cleanest character in the movie outside of Alton was a guy who worked for the NSA. Adam Driver, yeah. Yeah, Adam Driver. I sent Stevie over the screenplay today, and I was like, we were looking at our favorite parts, and like the part where the big reveal happens, he wrote it to have like more like alien-like beings, and a lot more of them too. But all we get is kind of like four pieces of light, CGI'd on. Yeah, I thought that was kind of underwhelming. Out- outlined of bodies. Yeah, but because they are yeah. outlined, yeah. It was yeah, okay. it was it was like glowing lights that kind of outlined a shape of a human almost. Which makes sense because if something from another dimension comes into ours, we can only see them in 3D figures. Yeah, I think that was the point yeah. or the uh, intention. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'd say, uh, do you guys should just go on the table, do yes or no's? Sure. All right, Mikey, I want to start with you since you're right next to me. 
Okay. Uh, I will say this is this is a tough one. This is a <laughs> this is a tough. One. I'll say this is a yes, but it's one of those movies where you just want more from it. You want more answers, or you want a little more of the plot explained. And not every movie has to like write it out for you, but uh, this was one where I just wanted just a little bit more. But it's still a good movie, and it, it, I would have liked it a lot more if I had seen it in theaters because it's like there's some good. It's like a very pretty movie. Like it's filmed pretty well. Filmed on film, yeah. not digital. It's a good looking. Nice. Movie. So it's a yeah. Pappy, how about you? I liked it. I think overall it's strong. One of my favorite parts of the movie is when uh, who's the guy you kind of eye abuses the main character, Alton? Oh, Sam Shepard. Yeah, uh, there's one point where he's sitting down uh, with Roy at the kitchen table. And he's like, hey, I did some research. Let me explain things to you. And then Roy sh- shuts him down. He says, I'm not really interested. I'm too tired. That's kind of the theme of the whole movie. Like, there's a chance there to provide some stupid exposition on what he's found. But Jeff Nichols makes it clear that it's not what this movie's about. Yeah. Sometimes he takes it too far. Like when Adam Driver is looking at the chalkboard, studying the numbers, and all of a sudden just stands up in circles too. And he's like, they're not going to. And doesn't to explain why. They're not going to Atlanta. <laughs> like, that's just absurd. And that's too much. That's becoming, you know. It pissed me off. Yeah. That part actually ticked me off. Yeah. That, that's taking it to the extreme of narrative withholding. I think overall it works. It's fun. I wish it was a little shorter, but it's a yes for me. Solid. Vince? Oh, boy. So I, I got that same feeling that Mikey has. I'm not upset that I saw the movie. It was really well done um, in the sense of, like you said, the score, the acting. I think the acting was good. Uh, the child acting, which is always tough, was good. Um, I think it was shot well. There were some beautiful scenes. Um, but I, I just, the plot really is what, not necessarily even the plot, just the themes and, and how they went about answering those and stuff were the reason why I didn't love the film. Um, and I gave it a six out of 10, but it might be better than that. I, I might've just kind of gave it a, a, a bad rating there. Oh, on yes and no. Um, no. Aye. All righty. And before I get into mine, um, what'd you guys make of Roy's eyes, like turning that Alton blue oh. color at the end when he's in jail? Is that supposed to infer that he is, is also, also from that dimension? Yeah. How is Alton from this other dimension? Which means that which means his Roy would also have to be. So there's a whole well, other backstory that we never really got into. Well, here's the yeah. idea. I saw this movie twice, and even on the second time, I was like, I think I saw that, but I'm not sure. So I don't know how much, how many times this movie wants me to watch it to pick up all, all these clues that ultimately lead up to nothing. Like He could be part of the family. He could not be like... You could be channeling him telepathically. Anything could be happening, for all we know. Right. Yeah. There is no answer. Yeah. <laughs> there's. there's as, it's just made up. As you said, Pappy, like it, that's why I thought it could be that, like the kid is then Alton is like kind of seeing through him in the sense of whatever that fourth dimension is. But yeah, I don't know. Or it's metaphorical. Or it's like only Jeff it, Nichols will ever know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he'll ever tell us either. Because he does the same thing in Take Shelter. I mean. Really, the ending is just could go one of a million different ways. 
And I've heard some people so, saying that this movie sets up for a sequel, but there's no way he's making a sequel, right? No, that, that's not his style. And if he did, I'd be pumped, but I don't think that's what his intention is at all. I think he just but, wants it to have one standalone. I feel like that would undermine the point of the project, which is be as ambiguous as possible. Yeah, just yeah. kind of leave us kind of like the government just asking as many questions as possible, not knowing anything. Does he does does he cast Nick or um, Shannon and everything? Because Shannon, every one of his movies, he writes a part specifically for. He him. writes a, sp- a part specifically for Michael Shannon. Every one of his movies. I love Michael Shannon, but. I, I would like to see him have more range in his acting because I feel like everything I've seen him in has the same character undertones. You'd really like, like Take Shelter then. You think it's different than Boardwalk Empire and all, all the other stuff he's in? Very. He has cool. like a huge range in Take Shelter. Cool. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Um, have you seen Man of Steel? <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> have you seen Man of Steel on weed? <laughs> <laughs> no, not to get too far into this, but uh, Jeff Nichols went to a school in uh, in uh, North Carolina, and he said one of his one of his professors did like this miniature short, and he was editing in it, and he saw Michael Shannon, and he kind of saw his acting, and he was like, "Who is that?" And he's like, "It's Michael Shannon." And since that moment on, uh, Jeff Nichols writes a part, as Babby said, specifically for him. I think he's a great actor, so don't get me wrong on what I was saying yeah. about him. But I, I feel like most of his roles, he's kind of plays that same character. Um, but I do think he's a great actor. Oh, yeah. I guess just to get into my yes or no's, I don't know why. It's definitely not the best movie of the year, but it's my favorite. Yeah. Like, of 2016, I don't know why. I've seen this movie four times now. I love its ambigu- amb- ambiguity. Um, I think every shot is just beautiful. Uh, the music is awesome. The acting is super well done. And it's just a movie that I absolutely enjoy. So my favorite movie of the year and a hard yes for me. As far as 2016 goes. No, it's 2017 now. But 2016, sure. my favorite. Three yeah. or four? Dang. I feel, I, I feel bad for saying no. I just, I don't no, think no. I would. No, no. Hey, that, yeah. that's the beauty of movies. I think 75% is a fair score yeah. for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, Actually, it's not, yeah, it's that's not the, the best movie. Score. It's just yeah. my favorite. I don't know. You guys ready for trivia? Yeah, let's do some trivia. Okay, so this is a very precise question. Hands off computers. Hands off. It's kind of, uh, I've been watching a lot of Neil deGrasse Tyson lately, and Ooh. he's kind of disproving when people say what goes up must come down. Um, he's disproving there, gravity? Is that what you're saying? There is a way to escape Earth's atmosphere. Yeah, it's called a spaceship. There's a certain speed <laughs> to it. There's a certain speed to it. In miles per second, what is Earth's escape velocity? Is it closest to? Closest to. Miles per second. All right. Price is right style? Price is right style. And I'll say this right now. It's less than your brain thinks. Good. Can you just, can you repeat the entire question again? Or just like the, the, just the science of the question. Repeat that. Like what's the, what's the. Especially the part about Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. He was kind of just saying like. What goes up must come down isn't always true. There's a way to escape Earth's atmosphere. You just have to go to a certain speed. Yeah. Miles per second. What is Earth's escape velocity? Okay. Uh, What's the order? Yeah. Yeah. Mikey, do you want to go first or last? Would be the. I'll go first. Miles per second. Mm, Miles per second? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Uh, 
I will say it's not like a a thing we ever use that measurement <laughs> in our normal life. Uh, I'll say it's say it's uh say it's like seventy five miles per second. And he put he sets the anchor on that. Who's next? Me or you, Pap? You can go I next. Yeah, you can go next. Is it just closest to? Closest to Price is Right style. Price is Right. I'm gonna. I'm going to say a solid 20. Alrighty, Pat. I'll say 76. <laughs> well, our winner this year, our winner this week is Vince. What? <laughs> I kept saying it's less than you think. It's That's 7 the... miles per second. But if you which think is about flying. Is. Yeah. Yeah, it's still pretty fast. That is What does that go to like miles per hour? Does that even equate to something? Like I that? didn't even do the math. It's 7 miles per second. <laughs> <laughs> wow uh, yeah fools. The, uh, Pat, uh, stevie i took your uh your advice yeah i mean art. come on seven miles per second is flying but that's fast uh, but what's the relativity between you know 20 and 75 it that's they're both really fast <laughs> yeah it's still flying um all right uh if you want to read us on twitter you can find us um <laughs> What is it? At Spoilers PDCST. That's at Spoilers PDCST. Right. Uh, if you want to email us, which we'd always appreciate awesome feedback. We haven't got one of those in a while. It's um, at Pod- Spoilers. What, is it Podcast Spoilers? Podcast Spoilers at gmail.com. Podcast Spoilers at gmail.com. And we have a website of the same made by our awesome intern, Vince. It looks beautiful. Uh, we're also on iTunes with Spoilers with an exclamation point. Want to leave us your, uh, give us a five star and maybe throw a movie at us. You like us to review? We can do that. We're the ones that look like a cereal bowl. Granted that the movie is out. Doug. Yeah, Doug. <laughs> but apparently that movie that is coming out. What did he say it was again? Raw. Raw is very good apparently. And also uh, I'd like to thank Joshua Hensley of the Rutabaga. He yeah. did our intro and outro and it sounds awesome. Check them out. And uh, Vince, what is your uh, what is your choice for next week? Alrighty, so I think we're going to do the first documentary that we've done. We've done a couple mockumentaries, but we haven't done these documentaries. This one's called Valley Uprising, um, and the synopsis is... <clears throat> In the shady campgrounds of Yosemite Valley, Valley climbers carved out of a counterculture lifestyle of dumpster diving and wild parties that clashed with the conservative values of the National Park Service. So this is a badass climbing documentary that I'm gonna love. You guys might not, but um, I'm a climber, so I'm gonna fucking love it. And Yosemite is like uh, one of the motherlands for climbers. So this is supposed to be a really good um, documentary too. It's about like a bunch of dudes that were just sickos that uh, climbed mountains and fucking partied their ass off. Um, It has an 8.3 on IMDb and it is on Netflix. So it's gonna be an easy thing to find. And I think you guys are all going to enjoy it, whether you think you're going to enjoy it now or not. Um, but I'm excited to do a first documentary, and I'm excited for you guys to, to see this. So. Awesome. Can't yeah. wait to watch it. Is it available on Netflix? Yes, sir. I'm going to show you guys Uprising? the trailer right now. Yeah, Valley Uprising. Yes. Super. Can't wait. Well, that was a really fun episode, and this was spoilers.
Math teacher Mark Math Paper.